I always had hopes of being a star. And then I looked. As you get older, you aim a little lower. And I just say, well, yeah, you might still make an impression. Everyone wants to leave something behind them. Some impression. Some mark upon the world. Didn't you think? You've left a mark on the world if you just get through it. And a few people remember your name. Then you have left a mark. You don't have to bend the whole world. I think it's better to just enjoy it. Pay your dues and enjoy it. If you shoot an arrow and it goes real high, hooray for you. A scene mm -hmm. from Paris is Burning mm -hmm. from the infamous Dorian Corey. Mm -hmm. And I thought, like, the reason why I picked this part for this kid is like, I felt like it was just one of those moments where it was like, and if you guys remember that are listening, she's like at her vanity, beating her face, getting herself together, mm -hmm. and the cameraman's just kind of like watching her from the side. Yeah. And it's more of like a peripheral shot. And you see her, you know, putting on her makeup, you know, applying her her, her mascara. And she's just like giving you this like, hey, girl, yeah, you good. do what you can. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> and then it's lights out. And, you know, but that part really touched me. Like, you don't have to bend the world. If you can just, you know, reach a few people, you know, make an impression on a few people in your life. That's that's major. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, doing something. Making ways you can. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But hey, Ralph. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast where you may have always had hopes of being a big star. Yeah, or where you've made, you know, you're just trying to leave your mark okay. on the world. Okay. Something behind. Sure. Yeah, it might have been a little lower. Hopefully. Okay, you shot that arrow up, but what did it do? It came down. Quickly. And bust you in the head. We'll encourage you, actually, because we love encouragement. <laughs> we need encouragement. Sometimes we Shit. Uh, guys, I'm P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and the Twitter at I am P. R. Y. N. I'm Eric. Find me on Instagram and on Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Yes, and while you're trying to adjust your aim, always. <laughs> <laughs> Find us on Instagram and Twitter at H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. For sure. And if you shot that arrow and it went real high, why don't you email us and tell us about it? You can send it to HungUpPod at gmail.com. Yes. And thank you guys so much for your ratings and reviews. Hey, mm, excuse me. Hey, girl. Keep them coming. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a man whose aim is just right. <laughs> okay, how many of us have been there? Where it was off? Where, where it was right, just right? Just okay, okay. You don't want to be there where it's off. <laughs> it's actually very difficult. So, do you have any listener feedback? I do have listener feedback, but I'm going to save it for the second part of the topic. Um, but I wanted to just take this opportunity to say, hey, y'all, thank y'all for listening every week. P. Ryan is asking you all to send in your ratings and reviews. 
And we got another one on Apple Podcasts. Um, another five star rating, which brings us to sixty nine ratings. So thank you all. There. No, we would <laughs> like some more, please. Well, P Ryan wasn't there for specific reasons. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, so yeah, keep those ratings coming, you guys. Um, Apple Podcasts, you can rate us, give us five stars. You can leave a comment, and um, we will. We would love that. Yeah. It's really dope. So thank you all for your ratings. Thanks, guys. So how are you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I I feel a little off, a little strange. Mm. I've had a week, um, dealing with some some things, yeah. you know, that you know I'm 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 getting through. But uh, I used the tennis course this week and today to try to like you know just kind of. Woo! You know, so my head won't blow off. Okay. Yeah. All the water in the water. That too. Okay? Because that, that's a stressor too. Yeah. All right? And not a good one. All right? We've talked about that too much. Matter of fact, it's coming up again tonight. <laughs> a consistent theme on the Hunk Up Podcast. Yes. It's all good though. Um, but um, besides my, my fogginess... And my grayness um, that I feel right now. Um, I had a great weekend. I kicked it poolside with the fellas um, this weekend, and it was nice to to get out and um, you know be cute and taking pictures in the infinity pool like the rest of y'all. I'm posting up on my story, so it looked like I'm doing something. Cute. I wasn't really doing nothing. I was just out here <laughs> in the Philly neighborhoods, and um, it was it was good to see um, Spencer and Sean and Anthony. Um, and we kind of made this pact to see each other um, once a month because we used to be such a, a tighter clique. Mm. Um, come on, pregnancy pact? Hmm? That's the come on, pregnancy pact? A pregnancy pact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just alliteration. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to the fellas. Um, I... Did I... I don't know why I feel like I mentioned this last week. You could, If you remember... Um, Tell me if I did, but I, so, you know, I, I started the playoffs and I remember checking in and, you know, letting you and everyone know that, um, the first round I made it through, I did really well. Second round I got to, um, and I, you know, didn't take home the win. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's actually when Reiko was here yeah. and you both were really encouraging me and, uh, and supporting me. And I really appreciate that. Um, weird enough, the guy that I beat. He moved to Boston, so he had to kind of retire from the playoffs. Mm. So the league emailed me and the other finalist that was supposed to play against this guy who left Mm. and moved and was just basically like, yeah, homie, we not about to award you the championship by default. Eric was the last person that played. You're going to have to play him. So I literally, by luck, got invited back to the playoffs okay. to play in the finals. Um, so that was just kind of cool. So here we are. <laughs> like, All that weeping and wailing so, for nothing. Well, I wasn't weeping and wailing. You know, I'm just <laughs> being an athlete. Like, I just, you know, it's, it's an emotional process. And, and I have to get through this. I didn't weep. It's okay. We love to I wailed, though. <laughs> but no, it, it, no it, I mean, it was... It was 
a process for me to go through. Um, but it wasn't my first time losing, you know, so. But no, you're right. I mean, it, it was a process for me to go through, and I really appreciate you and Rekha, um, you know, just being a good support. Yeah, you know, the song um, says you can win as long as you keep your head to the sky. And I did, mm-hmm. and look, you know. Be optimistic. <laughs> hey, when, 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 where did it go? How did it go? And. <laughs> you know I don't know lyrics, but I don't like the little, the little sounds. Yes. Listen, Satan may have the the knob. Okay. Oh no. Jesus got the, no, the car Jesus keys. The well, in the movie, yeah. right? But we're gonna we're gonna flip it around from my testimony. Shit, Jesus has the whole car <laughs> and made it. The road, if you will. <laughs> the made wheel. Because the... <laughs> Karen really told him to take it. Um, what else with me this week? I sat down with a financial advisor yesterday to really just, and and it's, you know, I, you know, I went into this conversation, first of all, how I got, I guess, referred to this advisor is a coworker that I work with, black lady, she real cool. It's not many, too many of us on a project. So when she came up to me, it was just like, listen, Eric, my daughter, is um, doing this new thing and we would love your support if this is something that you're interested in or have never done you know please like you know free consultation no pressure no strings attached things like that so I was hesitant but went ahead with it and um, the daughter was actually sick yesterday so she reached out to me we weren't able to connect but her partner who's also I guess CEO of this um, consulting group um, ended up calling me and we had a really great conversation. Not only is he frat in club in Sands, like how how crazy is that in random, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Whew, degrees of separation. Um, it just ended up being a really a positive and very. Um, what am I looking for? I'm lost for words this evening. It was it was a very. Um, it was a positive experience compared to like how I felt going into it. It was a motivating experience, an uplifting one. And, you know, I felt encouraged. I felt empowered after the call. And it really low-key almost felt like a, not a therapy session, but it was just interesting how, finances is you know when you really talk about them especially i guess with a professional um you really get to see how your finances are so tied up into your life into um you know maybe a lot of the challenges that you're having or maybe um there you know goals that we have set or thing experiences that we want to have but haven't been able to get there you know or you know we haven't been able to save or reach that milestone that we've been trying to reach for so long it seems like Every time you start, something comes up and you you get, you know, you take two steps forward, you gotta take you gotta take three back or one back, whatever. Um, <laughs> so it was just it, it felt good. Yeah. And you know, I really I say that to encourage other people who, you know, may have looked to get financial advising but maybe had some reservations. I say go ahead and give it a shot. Um, you may come out on top. <laughs> like you said. Yeah. Um That was really, yeah. That was that was that was it that I had for my 
check in. How are you? I'm great. Um, and your week, how how was it? It was really really good. It was really busy, so I don't really remember a lot of it. Um, there, I can feel like a good busy. Um, it was busy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on a time crunch for so many things, so I'm just taking things in strides and making life happen. And you know, I'm happy to be in the land of the living. I'm happy to be here. Um, and I'm just running against the clock in all things. So. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. All these broken clocks. Mm-hmm. But listen, <clears throat> what time once you is those it? Deadlines. It does feel good, you know, when you when you accomplish something, you can yeah. put that little check mark next to it, especially yeah. when you know you put in that work okay. to and get half, there. And half. Yeah. And the clock starts again, and you know, new level, new task, new goal, and we're just out here. Yeah, I definitely remember feeling that way when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, because it's just like, yeah, for me it was. Every paper, every project, every assignment, every accomplishment was a step closer to that goal. Mm-hmm. You know, getting the hell out of the program because that's obvious. That's the goal. You don't want to be there forever. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's not for me. It's not just school. I think life right now um, has really told me to put my money where my mouth is and has mm-hmm. presented me with like, I'm not gonna lie, everything that I pray for, and it comes with like a lot of work. So, man, yeah, I'm working. I'm working. You a working girl. I am, I am a working girl. Okay. Oh, I know it. I don't mm-hmm. have to be convinced. Hey. All right. <laughs> so let's jump in. What are we talking about? So yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. Um, so this week, did you catch the Pose episode? I did earlier today. How'd you like it? I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, A twisting plot this week. (laughs) Uh, No, let me tell you. So, yes, there were were, uh, twats in the fist. There were twists in the plot. (laughs) Okay. But, I I don't know, I loved every moment of the episode. And I really am just in total love with Poppy. When he was just like, you're my prize. I'm a prize too. I'm like, yes, but you better be a prize. I love you. I'm just thinking of Poppy in season one. Yeah. Versus that episode this week. Wow. A man. The growth. A good man. <laughs> He's a good man. He's you good fucking man. marry him then. <laughs> yes. Um, what an episode this week. And, and, and a great one. And I know like for the past three weeks since, you know, Pose is been on we you know every week we 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 talk about how great it is but this week i wanted to part a of this conversation um talk about the story behind this week's episode um so you you saw you saw the episode you know we're you know thrilled about how poppy you know just kind of like this he's like a flower just blossoming and i feel like every week he just looks better like (laughs) is he getting older like i don't i don't understand like every week it just seems like he looks better and better so um but let's talk about electra okay because you know i remember when we when we did the pose episode one review we had that episode um two weeks ago i believe 
I remember you saying one of the things that you were looking forward to was Electra's story, especially given given that we had gotten a little sneak peek at that point in time mm-hmm. into her new profession. And I remember you saying like, wow, I'm, I'm interested to see like how this all pans out. Mm-hmm. Well, she hasn't been on the job long and... <laughs> Spoiler alert, y'all. I meant to say that before we... Listen, if, if you, you haven't, it, if you haven't seen spoiled. it, yes, spoiler, okay. spoiler alert. So let's talk about what happened, right? So Electra has this new profession mm-hmm. where she's a dominatrix. She's a dom. Yeah, yeah she's so great. She does look great. Hair, yeah. the red lips, and the black latex. Look. It looks great on her. Yeah. You said you. I want to do a dom look this summer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. You haven't done one already? I have not. Okay, okay. (laughs) So, she has this client that we've seen a few times now. Pow. Pow. (laughs) All right, and whose accent was that? Just so I know. This lady from Mari. Okay. (laughs) Whose husband was cheating on her? Like, what? She could pow, chicken tattoos, lady. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, I missed that. Pow, love it. Pow, love it. <laughs> You're right. It was Paul. You said it much better than I did. Yeah. So, Paul has a thing for drugs. All the drugs. And Electra, you know, she made it very clear. Like, she, she was uncomfortable with that. She was above the she, she did, but she, she got on his level when he pulled that knot out. Okay. Right? <laughs> so, that happened on the last episode. They did their thing. Whatever. This episode, I kind of remember almost kind of like a similar start to like their interaction where she comes in, I believe, and, you know, he wants to like do drugs and shit. And she's like, look, I don't got, I don't got time so for I, this I shit. let that slide the first time. Yeah. This time is a new time. So what happened? Because now I'm trying to remember, she left the room. Yeah. And she came back, but he was already in the harness and had the, the mask on. Mm-hmm. And, and and then she left the room. She came back, and he had, like, he choked on his, on his own vomit. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how he got sick? Was it because he was taking those um, poppers. the poppers, and did he put it in the mask? He did put it in the mask, but then before, I thought there was a clip when he was, like, doing lines. He was doing coke. Yeah. So I, I couldn't so remember he if he was... It was a lot. Mm-hmm. Overdose. Um, she comes back in the room, and this man is dead. Mm-hmm. He has vomit coming out of his mouth, and sis is gagging. Literally. Like, she's yeah. freaking out. She don't like most, I guess, normal sane people would do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what your profession is, they didn't have nothing to do with it. In his mouth? Yeah, that shit was nasty. Was like, she was, like, hand-putting, trying to... But I feel like that was her way in a moment of panicking and trying to fix it Mm -hmm. like oh my god let me let me try to clean this up like this can't be happening right now right and you know adrenaline running she does something disgusting like like that but um she ends up leaving him which i was kind of (laughs) surprised she just ran yeah she got got her (laughs) shit and said i don't know what you're doing girl but but i'm out i have to be somewhere Sis leaves and she runs to. Does she go to Blanca immediately? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know why I thought she made a stop before Blanca. There's probably like a clip in between. Yeah, because someone <laughs> came with her. 
Didn't she go to the girls who left her house? Didn't she go there first? Mm -hmm. She went to Candy second. Oh, you're right. Blanca went with her to go to Candy's. Mm -hmm. Got you. Mm -hmm. So she went to Blanca's first. And Blanca's like, call the the cops. (laughs) She's like, fuck you, bitch. I'm not calling the cops. Why the fuck did I even come here? I shouldn't have went to Miss Candy. (laughs) She was like, why the fuck did I even come here? She runs out. Blanca grabs her coat, runs behind her. Mm-hmm. They end up at, you said Miss Candy's house, right? No, the square club where Candy was working. Oh, She's yeah. Mind you, Candy looked good mm-hmm. when they when they rolled up in there. I mean, damn, Can- Miss Candy. I love when Billy Porter says, <laughs> <laughs> Miss Candy. <laughs> she was working, at the working um, They roll up on her, um, despite how she feels about Electra, despite how she feels about Blanca, she steps down off of the stage. They go in the back and they start busting it up. Mm-hmm. And um, Electra is basically like, "Bitch, what do I do? Y'all need to help me." So they end up. I think it was Miss um, Candy was like, "Look, I know somebody who might be able to clean this up. I heard she does stuff like this." So they end up going back to and we, again a familiar face. The lady who does the in- in- injections. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one of the ladies that... Now, I can't remember who they... who I know Miss Candy went and got some, I think. I, and I can't remember who... Because they went to like two people, I think. They didn't get it from the first lady because remember she was charging too much? You don't remember that? I'm confused. I know they visited the first and lady. And Angel went with Miss Candy, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. First lady was asking for too much money. Okay. So I think they ended up going to, going to and I can't remember her name, but hopefully you guys listen to know what I'm talking about, and end up at this lady where they get their shots or whatever. End up going back to her to say, bitch, we need you to clean this up, right? Mm-hmm. What happens? She's like, all right. After um, she got a knot of money from Electra, follows them back to, what was the name of the club? Um, the Hellfire Club. The Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. Shout out to X-Men. Where Electra is working. Mm-hmm. So, um, what reference in um, X-Men does that come um, from? The Hellfire Club is like this um, like group of bougie mutants who are mm-hmm. kind of evil. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. My kind of club. In like one line, <laughs> one like Where I been. timeline, they turn Jean Grey to Dark Phoenix or help with that. Yeah. Really? So Ooh, that's like, how she got to she that point? Um, in like one of the timelines, yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that's how Master she got. Mastermind, I think, works on her head, and she becomes Dark Phoenix. I'm not mistaken. Star Phoenix was that bitch. Yeah. Unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Didn't she kill Professor Professor X? Maybe not in the comic, but in the movie, she did. Mm-mm. Professor X didn't die. He didn't die. Mm-mm. They had a funeral for him and everything. They did not have a funeral for him. They had a funeral for Mystique. No, I remember. Because his his wheelchair, his member, she lifted. No, this came out like a few years ago. Sorry, Jean Jean Grey Grey went off. Who was on? And he died. How to get away with murder? She like like everything just like she was back in her home, in her childhood home, and he couldn't control her. So Jean Grey, who was on How to Get Away with Murder? I thought you were talking about the Dark Phoenix movie that just came out now. No, I didn't even see that. Yeah. So, where we at? They go back to Hellfire Hellfire Club. Club. Mm -hmm. 
homegirl brings a suitcase with her. They fold him up, put him in the suitcase. Got him out of the... I don't know how they... Like, I don't know how they pulled that off. Walking in there, the three of them, <laughs> with a suitcase and coming just back out. Like, what? I mean, okay. They get to Electra's hotel, I believe, or her room or wherever she's staying. I can't remember where they, where they did this, but they basically started this process of mummification. Like, girl, we don't want to, like, dispose of this body, throw him in the river, or bury him anywhere. Like, he, you gonna, somebody going to find him, right? Yeah. But I got a way for you to keep the smell, keep him, you know, keep this on the low-low. Mm-hmm. And they go through this process of mummifying his body, pouring some type of, like, white, soft powder. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was that. Um, And I don't know if they used a few other ingredients, right? And then the important part was the sewing. Like, it reminded me of when you go to, like, is it Cadova when they do the big burritos? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they got to fold it just right so nothing in the burrito spills out. (laughs) Well, it was, like, similar to that because she was like, Miss Electra, you don't want none of this spilling out in your closet. Like, Mm -hmm. when he starts to decay, you want to make sure this is tightly sewn. So they go through this whole process of um, sewing him up and hide him in the classroom. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, what, what was your reaction when you were watching that? So I love a good spoiler. So a good homie of mine kind of spoiled the episode before, so I knew it was coming. Okay. And so I was like, oh, this is interesting. No scenes, no whatever she said. She's a good seamstress. Like, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I thought it was really interesting though, and I thought it was so funny of how um, the lady who was helping them do all this stuff was just like, you know, back at home, um, a lady was getting beat by her husband, and she killed him. And she did this same process, and uh, all the women in the community came around and like mourned with her to help her cover it. So like she's like, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Basically, and I was like, that's so. Interesting. She really was. She yeah. was like, this ain't nothing. Yeah. This light work. Let's just wrap them up. This light light work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, and we see Electra. I, one of the things I remember last is her kind of becoming fond mm-hmm. and attached to this person that she feels as though she's going to have a, a part of her, yeah. like living with her, a part of her. And she and we see her accept that towards the end of the episode. So it'll be really interesting to see the next few episodes to see kind of like what happens. Yeah. And I mean, she has a heart. She was just like, this is somebody's child. And, yeah, you know, they made. She made sure they prayed over mm-hmm, the body because mm-hmm. she didn't want to. And honestly, yeah. she was just trying to make a point. She wasn't trying to hurt nobody. So she really wasn't like she didn't do anything to yeah. him. You know, um, he just unfortunately did way too much and um, and died and died. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, in her presence. So, what was interesting about this whole like story of you know them kind of wrapping this guy up and encasing him and mummifying the body in the closet isn't anything new and you know when when this episode came out all of a sudden on the interwebs and social medias and what have you you start seeing all these stories about how that scene that moment that that whole experience with Electra was inspired by a real life situation Mm -hmm. Um, Dorian Corey 
a, a famous uh, drag queen performer and, and costume maker uh, from back in the day who many of you, if you're familiar with Paris is Burning, remember seeing her from Paris is Burning. And the uh, skit that we did, how we opened, um, was you know one of, one of the famous lines from the movie from Dorian Corey. Um, I want to just give a, a little bit of this article that I found online um, by Julianne, I don't know what that last name is. Julianne wrote us an article. It's titled, um, A Famous Drag Queen, A Mummy in the Closet and a Baffling Mystery, back in November of 2016 for Atlas Obscura. It's like an online, um, I guess, international kind of site that gives you recipes and places to go and places to stay and sites to see and all that other stuff. So this is on there, and um, I'm going to read a little bit, a little bit from from this. Um, it opens up. It says, in October of 1993, Lewis Taylor entered the Harlem apartment of Dorian Corey, a drag performer and dressmaker, who died of AIDS two months earlier at the age of 56, accompanied by two men searching for Halloween costumes. Taylor a fellow New York drag queen and caretaker of Corey in her final days, was hoping to sell them was hoping to sell them a small fraction of Corey's wardrobe. They rifled through fabric, fabric, feathers, and sequins before they encountered a large closet where, Taylor said, the sight of a musty green plaid garment, garment bag folded over on the floor piqued their collective interest. Quote, unquote, I only weigh 135 pounds. I couldn't lift that thing, Taylor told New York Magazine in 1993. Resigning to her powerlessness to find the zipper, Taylor handed a pair of scissors to one of the men, only to learn that what the curious mask, what the curious mask lacked in portability, it made up for indistinct malodor. Without inspecting any further, Taylor called the police. Skip forward a little bit. Um, peeling through the multiple, no, I'm not skipping forward. <laughs> peeling through the multiple layers, um, detectives revealed a grisly sight a partially mummified body in the fetal position, its formerly brown complexion now purple and yellow, its ears mere cartilagus, I believe, vestiges, and blue and white boxer shorts tattered with a bullet hole in its head. Despite, let me see, um, the body was identified as Robert Bobby Worley, born December 18, 1938. The only records from Worley's life were criminal. He'd been arrested for raping and assaulting a woman in 1963 and served three years in prison. By most accounts, he was estranged from his family and hadn't been seen since the mid to late 60s. Um, I think that's really, I just want, yeah, that's, that's basically what I wanted to read, like, from the backdrop, just to give, like, the story of, like, that this really happened, um, to, you know, a real drag performer. Dorian had died two months prior to the discovery of the body. Wow. So, to this day, 
you know, even though we know who this who this was, which was this Bobby Worley guy, Robert Bobby Worley, um, no one knows how it happened mm-hmm. and why, you know, Dorian kept that body in her closet for, I mean, all those years. People really don't know. Um, and said there was a bullet in the... In his head. Yikes. And so here comes the speculation, right? Because, you know... Dorian's friends were actually there cleaning out her closet, so they had some insight into her life. Mm-hmm. They, they, she did own a gun. They do know that. So there's some speculation that you know maybe she mistake mistake them for like a robber. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time in Harlem, apparently it was like really violent, and um, there were like a lot of like break-ins and things like that. Mm-hmm. So she got a gun, and they feel like maybe it was a mistaken identity. She accidentally shot him. It could have also been like. Um, for protection, you know, mm-hmm. because he had a very a very violent um, past. Mm-hmm. Um, protecting the real murderer, yeah. The other the other thing was someone that she knew and loved and cared about could have killed him, and she was protecting them, so she hid the body in her closet. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of like speculation around what happened, but you know, they both dated, um, they both had a relationship, um, and. It's interesting that she's referred to as a drag queen. Um, she had breast implants and was taking hormones. So I really don't know how you know she identified. Yeah. But um, you know, known for her, you know her Oh, I'm sorry, I was just reading. Yeah, when she when she died, um, they say in a haze of AZT and morphine, she confessed to her friend Sally. Um, that they had been a re- in a relationship. So no one really even knew that mm. um, until, until almost her last moments. Um, so just like, you know, I wanted to share that because the, the episode was, <laughs> it was spooky when mm. I saw that, but reading this and, 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 and hearing it, you know, I'm, I don't know if the scene was really, really inspired by that situation this situation but it seems to be yeah. um, it followed uh, followed a lot of that and I guess we'll really know for sure when we see kind of like what happens following this yeah. um, P. Ryan I just that was just so weird to me I'm like damn like can you imagine having a body no and you I can't mm-hmm. either I cannot we need to call Scooby in the game <laughs> we need a clue we okay, need a clue <laughs> Scooby, Scooby, dude. Where are you? <laughs> we got some where, work to do now. Oh, work to do now. Mm-hmm. If we can count on you, Scooby, dude. No, <laughs> so yeah, part A of tonight's conversation. Yeah, How like interesting is that? So okay. if any of you guys um, are interested in it, um, look up Dorian Corey. Oh, so. Um, there's also a play that was created, I think, in 2017, called Dorian's Closet, um, with you know black actors, and um, there's some clips and behind the scenes stuff of the actual. I think it was like a Broadway play or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see it on YouTube, but I couldn't find the actual like full length show. Mm-hmm. Um, if any of y'all find it, send it to us at hungupod at gmail dot com. But yeah, there's a um, there's a play. I'm not. Just about the the death and the you know the murder mystery, um, but you know about her life. I mean, a lot of people were kind of shocked when they found out that she had a mummy in her closet because of who she was. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, you even get 
if you if you remember Paris is burning, you you get a little bit of that tenderness and that mother motherliness in the documentary. Mm-hmm. You can see that she's um you know she's a she's a mother. She been there done that and, and she was just, you know, hoping for the best in the future. So Talk about skeletons. She had a whole, and and the article said it was half mummified. So it was like all those years, whatever that chemical was that they had put on the body, not only did it keep the smell down, but the body had not decomposed fully. Yeah. (sighs) It is. Uh, But great. Shout out to Pose for another um, great episode. So the second part of this conversation um, was a poll that I did for tonight's episode. Um, the poll was basically a question that I presented on my Insta, mm-hmm. asking folks, like, what were the biggest challenges that they faced when it came to dating? Mm-hmm. And I presented the question really because I, I wanted to know, it's been something that I've been struggling with personally and I was just interested to see uh, what other people's experiences were with it. I didn't want to just assume. I mean, I had my assumptions. I think most of us do. <laughs> um, many of them probably true, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to really get the feedback from the people and I thought it would be great to like bring that feedback here on the show and share it. Um, the feedback that I got was um, you know, from men, from women, from straight, from from the from the gays, every, the whole nine. So and I actually got quite a bit of feedback. Mm-hmm. I didn't need, I really couldn't even post all the feedback that I got because it was just it's too much. It was just a lot of y'all responded. I didn't think <laughs> everybody would respond, but thank you um, for responding. And I'll continue to do things like that because I love to to see where people where people are it's like you're kind of testing people's temperature because that temperature can change depending on where you are in life or you know what what you know challenges you're dealing with or what external challenges you're dealing with outside of trying to date or or be in a relationship you know those things change um so i i do enjoy um, getting people's feedback so let's let's get into it um rog's dad what's up roger <laughs> Responded and he said it was compatibility, sex, similar life goals, and then he said, Can they meet my friends and family? So I was wondering if, like, the compatibility and sex thing kind of were working together, or if because I feel like if we're not compatible, we definitely not gonna get in a relationship. But we can be in a relationship and maybe realize at some point that maybe sexually we're not compatible. So a challenge during dating is finding out if you're compatible. Okay. No, I'm asking, is that what you think this person is saying? That could be it. Yeah, you, okay. yeah, that's actually a good observation. Yeah, that could be what he's saying. And is another challenge... Because that's that time. Is another challenge like <laughs> that sex isn't good or... It could be good, but you're not compatible. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking about those different scenarios where the sex could be bad. And then similar life goals. If we don't have similar life goals, that's a challenge, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And then can they meet my friends and family? Mm -hmm. What if they can't? Then we're not compatible. I'm not trying to have sex with you. 
we don't have similar life goals. So no. <laughs> how how often do you think and I know like you're kind of, you know, in this um discovery and, and journey about, you know, dating and you've talked about that a little bit. Um when you think about that and you think about your family, do you think about the two intersecting and if they do intersect hmm. what does that look like for you I actually don't think about dating in my family that much because I haven't found someone worth like a consistent date yet so like that really hasn't come up um, and I don't know I think right now I'm just in the space of like being open to sitting down with people and figuring out who they are mm-hmm. so like the thought of how it plays out with my family doesn't really come up because I'm not necessarily looking for like a long term Right now, yeah. So I can't really say that I've thought about because it's not even on it's your not radar. On radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not where I am right now in life. And I feel like it doesn't necessarily have to come up. I guess I was just really just seeing what your stance was on, like, on like what if they're not? Can they meet? What does can they meet my friends and family mean? Like, can they meet and get along with, or can they actually meet them? Would they be willing to meet them? Mm-hmm. Can they meet my friends and family? So I feel like that's subjective, right? Or maybe, right? like, are they the quality of person to meet my friends and family? And if they're not, why are you dating them? Yeah. But I guess to your point about the compatibility, you may not find that out yet until you you date a little bit. You know? Because I, I also feel like you can meet somebody and three or four months later, you know, because they gave you that, you know, it's kind of like... um when people interview for a job you know they i think i think the industry says like you don't really know and you don't really know the real person until six months or or a year in into Mm -hmm. a job because you people put on you know people put their best foot forward and they do things not because it's who they are they do things because of acceptance or you know because they're new to an organization they want to fit in or you know they want to look good and you may not not also not not always get that real authentic true person. I think the same can happen for dating, and I think I've definitely experienced it. Um, and and some people that I know just like you find out like it's a different person like after y'all talk for a little bit. I don't know. I kind of struggle with that because I feel like people are different than organizations or jobs in the sense that like red flags. If, the, if people have red flags, they usually show up um, early on. But I feel like whether or not we choose to actually acknowledge them is a thing, right? So, like, I can't speak for anyone except for myself, but, like, True. in the relationships where I have been, like, months or years or what have you running after somebody who's no good, and then I finally get to a point where it's just like, oh, no, I should have known all this stuff. If I, like, am really real with myself, I kind of saw the signs from, like, I wouldn't even I don't even think sometimes I need three or four months. Like, in the first couple of interactions, you can begin to see someone's true colors, but I think, just speaking to my behavior, sometimes I'm the person who will be like, well, maybe they just playing. Let me just stick it out. I think that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. And I think also a lot of people... I don't struggle with that because I think a lot of people, a lot of people stay in relationships and the, and the, and the idea is like, oh, they're going to change. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just like, no, you've been with this man for 10 years. He's not like, mm. he's, he's still the same, the same guy. So 
I don't know. I think um, I agree with you somewhat. Like, I, I think, you know, yeah, sometimes, yeah, the red flags are there. Sometimes we don't see them. But I think it's also possible for there to be no red flags or, um, you know, them to not be as obvious as you were saying that, that they are. I think sometimes, you know, it's possible that they're not that obvious. And I think that's also a part of dating, right? It's like investment of time mm -hmm. and an understanding that it may not work out. Because just because you met someone and you're dating them doesn't mean you're compatible. Doesn't mean the sex is going to be great. Doesn't mean you're going to have the similar life goals. Doesn't mean they're going to be able to meet your friends and family. At one point, you may have said, yeah, they can. And then something happens or you have an experience with that person. And then you say, no, they can't. And you change your mind. Mm -hmm. So That's my two cents on that. The Urban Tea said, whew, do we have time? <laughs> and that was her comment. R. Carter. What's up, Rob? said, finding someone who is self-aware enough to know themselves, but is open to growth. Finding someone who is self-aware enough to know themselves, but is open to growth. What are your thoughts on that? Could you read that one more time for me? Finding someone <laughs> who is self-aware enough enough to know to themselves, know themselves but is open to growth. Um, I think that can be a challenge, right? Because there are a lot of people out here who are either A, not self-aware, or B, not really open to much growth, or maybe not open to growth in this, mo in this moment. So if your objective is to grow and to increase in your self-awareness but you realize that, you know, the person that you are interacting with is just just has like this one idea of who they are and that's kind of it and aren't really like interested or don't seem to be interested in like expanding further than that like I can see how that could be a challenge yeah personally speaking it would be a challenge for I, I it's always a challenge for me I don't necessarily like personalities where people um, just think they know it all yeah to the point where you can't tell them nothing and they think that there's no growth. You know what I mean? Like, I like the, I really like how he ended it. It's really the open to growth part that I fucks with mm. on this statement. Um, that's the, that's, yeah, that's the part that I like. Like, I would like to meet someone who is self aware enough to know that they don't know every damn thing mm. and that they, you know, have a lot of growing and experiencing to do, but, um, are self-aware enough to have some foundation, you know, have some idea of what direction they want to go in. You may not have the answers to everything, um, but you kind of have an idea. And I think that would be, you know, ideal for me. <laughs> Mr. Underscore C.B. Willis and several other people um, said, Consistency and communication. Mm. Those exact three words. Mm. <laughs> the same thing. Consistency and communication. I know that I've talked about um, issues with dating and consistency on this show. Um, so when I was getting the feedback from people and they were saying consistency and communication, I was just like, oof. Yeah. T 
Tell me. <laughs> you know, when I see people struggle with that, though, or whenever I struggle with that, I'm always curious as to, like, what the other person's objectives are for the relationship, right? And maybe they just don't meet mine, or maybe they just don't meet the person who's struggling with the consistency yeah. or communication. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's definitely true. <laughs> because if, if someone's not being consistent, it's, you know, it's you know they don't want to be. You know, yeah. they're you know, distracted. Mm-hmm. And obviously if they're distracted, how are they gonna communicate? You know, how and how is that communication gonna be consistent? And expecting that it's a setup for our damn self sometime. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, I also just kind of feel like we have to watch our expectations for people, especially strangers, because that's what people are when we first meet them. Mm-hmm. And even though we have our dreams, our our goals, our expectations, our perfect, like, I would like my man to be this, 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 and this, like, that may not be that person. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, I remember at one point I had a list, long list of things, and it just, it gets shorter and shorter, especially the order I get, because I'm telling you, that long list, you, you be single. <laughs> and be by your damn self mm-hmm. with your long list, looking like a CVS receipt. Like, it's just... Anyway. EJ, a friend of the show, wrote and said, finding someone honest with a good heart and who wants more than a fuck, for starters. Ooh, let me get off that jack, EJ. Let me stop. I don't know if you want a jack. Mm-hmm. That makes me sad. I hope you find that person with a good heart who wants more than a fuck. Yeah. I think... um. I've heard this, like, I've heard people say, like, oh, to get the attention of men as a gay man, you kind of got to be a hoe. And I feel like this is, um, there's a little bit of this in there. Stop. Get out. Sorry, y'all. My dog is, like, being so annoying to me right now. Um, Finding someone honest with a good heart I think you can have a good heart and not be honest about something mm-hmm. and who wants more than a fuck and you could be honest with a good heart and honestly just be fuck that's true <laughs> so. And that's being honest. <laughs> Isn't that being honest? Definitely being honest. Hope you find that. Hope you find what you're looking for. I don't know the answer to this question. Maybe you do. Why do you think there's like this like... I often like when I when I talk to a lot of my gay friends, I, it's, it's like usually one side of the coin. Either you're looking for a relationship or you just want to fuck. The two tend to clash, like, and people tend to meet and run into other people who is the opposite. Mm. You know, you you following me? Mm-hmm. Is there a middle ground, and why why is it not there if there is a middle ground, or does it exist but it's somewhere else? Like, I think there certainly what? can be a middle ground. Um, maybe we see so many extremes because that's just where like, people are. Mm-hmm. 
right? So maybe some people, there are some people in the world who, you know, want to, or who are just open to having casual sexual encounters, but are also open to relationships. Um, but depending on, I guess, where they are in life, you know, there might be more people on the extremes. That's or a good that's point. What, you know, certain cultures breed. So, like, you know, we are kind of young in the lifespan. And so, maybe just like the people we hang out with who are still in like the same age range, who are still figuring things out, are either just like, you know, a part of my figuring it out is finding that person to spend the rest of my days with if I identify as monogamous. Um, or, a, like, where I am in life right now is to just kind of like stretch out my whole face as long as possible. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. You brought up a good point. Um, some people do like they might want to like freak be on a freak mission, but would be then open to a more serious type. If the opportunity, if the opportunity arose, and I think that you know sometimes we may miss out on that situation because on face value it looks like oh this person just want to fuck, and that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for an actual commitment, a long term relationship. But for a lot of people. The fucking is like where it starts. But I guess if that's your judge, that's your judge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Political underscore dreams wrote and said respect. Yes. Onward dot in upward. Oh, wait, I fucked that all up. <laughs> Onward dot in dot upward. Said balancing dating and career. I think that's a definitely mm. a good one. Come on, balance. Tip on the tightrope. Balancing dating and career. I remember when it came up on this show when we talked about um, like if you're in a serious relationship and one partner gets like a promotion but it's in another city. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of like deal with that? Um, are you happy for them? Are you willing to let whatever needs to happen to the relationship to see that person like move on to a dream mm-hmm. or to do something big? Or would you be that type just like, hell nah, you're not going, you know, you're... That that reminds me of this um, comment. Because yeah. it, it is a balance when you're, when you're dating and, and you, have, you have a career. Um, I think it's very possible for us to be in situations where we're really passionate about both. Um, I think especially for certain people, you know, with certain types of careers, you could be very passionate about your job and and, and love or be in love with someone at the same time. And, you know, the two can clash. And um, sometimes we got to make some some hard decisions. Navigating that can definitely be challenging, which I guess is why people sometimes say that relationships can be sacrificed, relationships can be difficult because you're like figuring things out you're trying to hold space for yourself and your partner or partners so Mm -hmm. there were so many I'm just going to read a few more I'll just read one that tickled me (laughs) read the one that tickles you jazz underscore haza said it's always somebody dad or somebody son trying to holler <laughs> people in my age range <laughs> said, go for the daddy Do like go for the dad okay. he got a 401k and maybe I a social security check <laughs> right yes yes from where the nigga you know I'm in them jobs um 
I I I was tickled by that too when she sent me that and I like LOL'd her back because um I've experienced that where guys only guys that really like approach me or talk to me are super, super young. And I say young, I mean like twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, um, guys that, you know, I really wouldn't be comfortable dating someone who's twenty three or twenty four years old. Mm. Um or then it's just I don't think it's the other extreme, though. I don't think I get a, a lot of older guys. I guess I have. They flirt. But you know what? I'm not good at recognizing when someone's flirting with me. I'm one of those type of people. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. The mean black girl, what's up, Charmel? Said, it's hard for me to meet people in real life. Mm-hmm. And I. Like, so sad. <laughs> Because people are sad. People are, like, challenged. (laughs) Um, And and I felt like that was such a valid comment because we do live in, like, this world now of, like, social media Mm -hmm. and where so much engagement is happening on social media, so much to the point where, like, sometimes people don't even, like, really reach out to you until you mention or say something or post something on social media because otherwise you you don't hear from them. Mm -hmm. Social media has become such, like, a... um, a catalyst in communication and, and our relationships in 2019. And being an 80s baby, um, one of the things that I appreciate about that is being a part of the old school generation mm-hmm. where I remember when the caller ID first came out. I remember what it was like to have a two-way or a pager or have to have nothing. And like, if you weren't home... You wouldn't get the call. And that was just life. And that was just how it was. Like, just like, um, listening, just like Angel, she wasn't able to call Poppy and text her and be like, hey, I'm at <sighs> Wasn't he understanding, though, and supportive, though, in the end? He was mad, though. Um, but he was, he, was, he was supportive of her in the end. So shout out to Poppy. But, um, yeah. Um, I think we are, like, in, like, this phenomena or like this age of of this coming of relationships are really starting to change um, because of Tinder, because of Facebook, because of um, you know Cupid and Jacked and Christian Mingle, all, the, all these things out here people are sitting at home and having interactions and, and relationships behind a computer and a monitor versus one-to-one like it used to be. And I think that um, I'm sure as folks with PhDs or pursuing one or researchers and folks out there who are studying it now, but I I would be interested to see in 10 or 20 years kind of like, because we won't really know the evolution of relationships and how social media has impacted for quite some time, I think. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that evolves over time. Do you ever do you ever feel like social media um, either is a inhibitor or does it help communication? Like, how do you view social media today, mm. especially when it comes to like managing relationships? Mm. You think it's a good way to manage relationships? I think it can be. It I think it depends on how it's used. It definitely can be. Um, I don't know. I how do I manage? How do I manage my relationships on social media? 
I think social media social media is a good way for me to kind of like keep in touch with people who are not in the Philadelphia area who I'm mm-hmm. close to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use social media to kind of like manage your long distance relationships. Yeah, but yeah. when it comes to people who are in the area, if I really want to, you know, engage with you, I usually just do that in person. Yeah, that's yeah. what I yeah I prefer that. So yeah there's a balance there's a balance there's a balance go again a, a few um quick funny ones Reka sent in and just said niggas yeah. <laughs> Keith from blog is it blog boys oh, terrible sent in and said chow mm-hmm. um what else do we get I love Daniel J sent in an interesting one. People's FOMO. Do you know what that means? Fear of missing out. Okay. On someone better, so they don't commit to dating someone seriously. I really fucked with that one too when he sent it in because um, that that to me kind of trickled into social media mm. a little bit. Mm. Uh, because I think... I remember, like, we were in the car with Sterling one day, and we were having this conversation. I remember making a comment to Sterling saying, the social media has created a swipe culture, is the way that I described it. Um, Swipe culture in the sense that um, people are looking and judging people within seconds based on their surface appearance, like what they see first. And then swiping you either yes or no um, in the anticipation of there's something new there's something better there's something else that's going to come along mm. and we kind of got into that talking about like how you know it can be difficult for folks to settle in in relationships without like cheating or worrying about what's next mm. um, or just being happy with what you have and knowing that listen it, you, it, it's going to be someone more attractive, someone, you know, that has more money, someone that is, you know, maybe doing better than what you have. But I think, you know, especially the goal for me is to, it's just to be happy with what you have and not always swiping, mm-hmm. anticipating, looking for what's next, looking looking for what's better. And um, that's what Daniel's comment reminded me of. Well, I think that's interesting because, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that this pops up in relationships because don't we do that in life? Like, aren't we looking for the next best degree? Or aren't we looking for yeah, the next best job? Or aren't we looking for, like, a pay increase? Or trying to expand kind of, like, our assets, right? I think some people, I think it's also a generation thing. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of older folks who, Working. really, they just want to be, cont- they want to be stable. You know what I mean? They just want to, you know, be kind of, like, in one. Yeah. 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 So it could be, yeah. A, a, could be a generation thing. Mm. I think it's a person thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other ones? Um, <laughs> you not seeing me shoot my shot? Y'all are so crazy. Um, we got that. We also got um, more consistency in communication. Bren said not having the feelings reciprocated. Um, 
I mean, I guess that's that's truth. That's honesty. If you know, if the feelings aren't reciprocated, I don't want to be with you because you clearly don't want to be with me. So um, yeah, thank you all for sending your feedback and um, to the show and and chiming in on the conversation. And um, because I could I could see that it's it's something that a lot of people are dealing with, mm-hmm. and I think everybody processes it differently. I think you know depending on. A lot of things, not just your upbringing and your current situation, and you know your your mental and your emotional health. I think you know a lot of things. You know, everybody's dealing with different things. It's like a blender. Mm-hmm. Yet and still, we're looking for compatibility. We're, we're looking for, you know, so many things. And um, I know it can get tough. It's tough for me, you know. So we have to encourage each other. We have to uplift each other. And know that you know love exists in this world, whether or not you have someone yeah. laying next to you every night. You have to find it um, in your friends. You have to find it in um, your family. Because, yeah. And that's my final thought. You have any final thoughts? So y'all, we'll be right back um, to close out the show. Hey, you guys, we are back. Yeah, so we're back. And it's time for the hang-up or the hung-up. Yes. What say you, P. Ryan? Um, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we have ever been a podcast that um, supported hate of any sort. We may kiki and poke fun, um, but we do not really comfort people, especially people within the LGBT community, especially people within LGBT spaces of color. And so I was struggling on whether or not to do this, but at the end of the day, I only have about four more episodes with this show. And so I would love to just, you know, I'm thinking about just like what tone I'm leaving on. And so we mentioned getting a lot of like listener feedback and I couldn't help but notice that last week, um, we had somebody who was brave enough to, t- to come and talk about their experience as a trans woman of color. And once we started promoting her episode on our social medias, we wound up getting a particular comment, and the person didn't have the balls enough to keep it up there, um, but they wound up deleting the comment. I'm not going to say what the comment was, but my homegirl Delisha from Afrosexology said that you can't dehumanize another person without dehumanizing yourself. And so if people really say that they are listening to this show, if people say that they, you know, well, this person, they say that they stood for empowerment of people within the LGBT community of color. So I'm not even going to give them that torch to carry. But if you listen to this show, it would baffle me. It baffles me as to why you would put such a negative comment under one of our posts. We're not the shade room. We're not TMZ. That shade bullshit is not funny. And other people will stay quiet, but we won't. So before you guys fix your fingers to give feedback that... I'm just going to say it, that nobody really asked for, that really doesn't uplift mm-hmm. anybody, Yeah. just keep it to yourself. Wow. I, um, 
Not a hang up, not a hanging up, just a a piece of advice. Because at the end of the day, yes, you hear us on these microphones and it would be wisdom to not get too comfortable. Because at the end of the day, the person we invited on the show is my friend. And so I'm going to stick with my friend before I hype up listeners who are not putting money in my pocket. Hmm. Well, <laughs> that, you said it. Said it good. I mean, I didn't even know um, about the situation, and that's that's fine. Um, I think you handled that very well, and I say that's also fine because like, Gabby is still beautiful, yeah. still fabulous, still, if anything, stronger. You know what I mean? Like, um, and that just that just goes to show that even as we live in our truth. Um, you gonna have people not like that, and, I think and it's really yeah. about the disgusting themselves. Like you mm-hmm. said, when they look in the mirror, they're, they're disgusted. When they look in the mirror, they're upset that they can't. They wish that they can live in their truth like someone like Gabby could. Mm-hmm. They wish they were as strong and, and had as much courage sure. as someone like Gabby does. And if you are really listening to the show, I would encourage you to listen to all of the show because she talked about how. What the last question we asked was, what do you need from gay black men? And what that comment showed was exactly the opposite of what... Because people don't listen. Right? And it also highlighted the fact that it's not just gay white men who are out here on the bullshit. Oh, Sometimes absolutely. Sometimes it's gay yeah. black men. Oh, yes, right? absolutely. So mm-hmm. this is not a read session. This is not <laughs> me trying to comfort anybody, but this is me really calling you in to check yourself. And you said they deleted the comment? Delete, like... Five seconds after. Pussy. Mia. Well, actually, no, because pussies are strong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the context I was using it in, I just... But coward. Coward. You're a coward. You're a coward. And so if this means you be, be living no your truth, following us, if this means Fuck you that. not listening to us, thank you so Yeah, much. like that Appreciate is fine. We never had all the listeners in the world to begin with. Yeah, We're yeah. not going to be upset about losing one. Not pressed. Not at all. <laughs> we are good. And the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. And we don't even affiliate like in our personal life. The show is the show. But as far as our personal life goes, like we don't even affiliate with those type of people. Yeah. First of all, we so, talked about on the show that those are the type of people that I will get drunk and completely cuss out. So, <laughs> yes. why... And I don't have to be drunk to cuss out. Why would you set yourself up for that? <laughs> so, it's probably good that I didn't... If I, it, It's good that I didn't see that. Because I wouldn't... I wouldn't... Uh, yeah, that I would have definitely, you know, had something to say. And if you're feeling real ballsy, go ahead. You can you can post it again. Or if, you, if you're feeling like you, you, you got an issue, you know what I mean? I mean, but at the end of the day, we really don't give a damn. No, I don't. Like, I address it. I'm over it. God bless you. And the, and the thing about the internet is, like I said, people sit behind a monitor, right? And it's just like, you ain't really doing shit. You know what I mean? And I, and, and, and I don't know who's, who this person is. Maybe you are. Hey. But, Maybe you're the CEO of something. But at the end of the day... You can't be doing that much you. when you don't have love for yourself. How much love... How much can you really be doing when you've made it clear that you really don't have that much love for yourself? And, and I'm glad you brought up Gabby because I was thinking about her um, when we were doing the listener feedback and I just wanted to mention um, and I know we've said it to her time and time again but I just want to say again thank you Gabby uh, for coming onto this platform and it was such a great experience for me it was a great experience for you because I know you you were both close close friends mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I just hope the listeners you know in, enjoyed it um, 
I know a close friend of mine, um, he listened to the show and he really enjoyed it. Mm. He, he said, you know, I'm really, I, he said, I really like how the show is unafraid to invite opinions and not every opinion is going to be a popular one. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're asking for. It's not like, and, and we, we've never, we've never claimed to be the know-it-all, be-it-all podcast. Um, we are here for growth and, and learning. And I think that that's been a personal journey for me and you that we have been very transparent about on this show. And we've made it very clear that that's what this show is about, encouraging other people and uplifting them. Mm-hmm. So, you're, you're done? Mm-hmm. I wanted to say I was hung up on my homegirl Sonia and friend to the show she got a new job and you know she's been really going through a lot this year not just personally and like family and things like that but you know Sonia um, came from a job that I used to work at and we worked together for quite some time before I left that job and um, when I left that job you know I she and I, we, we, we've stayed in contact and we've remained hopeful, you know, for, for, and I, for, for, for each other, really. But I've, we've always talked about, like, Sonya, girl, like, one day, you know, you're going to get up out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of us, some of us can relate to just being in a hell bullshit ass fuck job that you just cannot fucking stand. Um, like, you know, make your skin crawl type of job. Like, you just can't stand it. And um, when she reached out to me this past week and let me know that not only that she had got another job, but she found a job that she is getting all the things. And I'm not talking about monetarily. I'm just saying that she's getting all the things holistically that she deserves. Um, I just, I love you, girl. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so hung up on, on you. And you've really just been a big sister to me um, through so much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll just, I don't want to get emotional, so I'll just leave it at that. I'm I'm hung up on you, Sonia. So, shout out to Sonia. Yeah. Yeah. So, that is the episode. Yes, chickadees, this has been another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. As always, I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at IAMPR. And I'm Eric. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at E Dante Cole. Flavors bone. Ooh. Is a frog in your throat? Must be. Or a wet pickle. Uh, no. <laughs> Wait, why did on I say Instagram that? Because I'm the only one in the room. I should not have said that. I should not have said that. H U N G U P P O D and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash For all you courageous folks, send your feedback too hunguppod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and share your feedback on the show. Yes, and thank you guys so much for your ratings. Hey girl, keep them coming. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a man who will have the balls to be a strong black gay man and support all people in the LGBT community. Not just the G or the cis M, right? Or cis male or cis woman. Yeah, yeah. But the T yeah. The femme queen, the butch queen, the girl who's out here who don't have two coins to rub together. Yeah. Support them all, okay? Yes. That's bravery. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. 
Well, that is the show. We will see y'all next week. Bye.